0: So you Welcome, everybody, with the boys, all the people. This is break Water break, 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 break with Water Boy. It's cold Thursday cold, afternoon, cold, 4 o'clock Pacific cold, time up here in Idaho cold, in the chimney. Cold, it is good to be with you. It's just me solo, just flying solo. Every once in a while, Ta- Toby and Knox, let me do this. So thank you for joining. Share the show. I'll be live on Facebook, uh, and actually, I'll probably have more time to interact on Facebook. So um, uh, if you have any questions, we're going to be talking about kind of economic change, stuff that's going on in the economy right now. Next week, I have David Bonson coming on uh, on Waterbreak next week to kind of follow up on this show. So this show is going to kind of be maybe a precursor to what I'm going to be talking about with David next week on our current economy, stagnation versus inflation, a bunch of stuff like that. We also got a great show, uh, Sunday special coming up. We got Doug Tenaple, who's speaking at our conference in Nashville Uh, Coming on the show Talk about Arizona audits A lot of the auditing That's been going on In other states Uh, Really excited about that show And club members Club members Yes We are throwing a Fourth of July Liberty Bash Here in Moscow, Idaho At my house actually So um, Space is limited Party space is limited Uh, So sign up now We'd love to have you guys Love to have all our club members uh, Attend Um, Space is limited But you gotta log into The club portal to sign up uh, to, to join us at the Liberty Bash. So obviously we've got to have a head count and all that stuff in our process for doing this. Log into the club portal, sign up. If you have problems logging in, email us at contact at fightlaughfeast.com. Uh, if you have any problems logging in, contact at fightlaughfeast.com. And um, so we're going to have uh, burgers, drinks, uh, games, tons of fireworks, swimming for the kids, Uh, jumpy castles all that stuff and also cross politic we're gonna do a live show sunday special show actually that night with you guys fourth july fourth july is also on a sunday and so we're just gonna do our live we're gonna stream live our sunday special at 7 p.m on on sunday night so make sure you guys are out there for that it's gonna be a blast um we're gonna have hundreds of club members at my house and have a big party out there so uh, log into the club portal to sign up so i wanted to talk about uh, economic uh, change, kind of our current economy, what's been going on. And um, if you guys think about what's going on in the last, let's say, 100 years of our economy, the government is is really moving to some sort of like uh, coercive participatory economy. Uh, You know, and think of it actually in relationship to the current sexual orthodoxy that's being kind of foisted upon us. You know, we went from... Oh man, just just you know, go back thirty years. We went from the gay community alone, and then we went to to civil marriage, and then we went to uh, redefining marriage, and then to you must comply. And you can think of examples of cake bakers, you know, cancel culture, people getting fired for not going. I had a friend at Amazon get fired for not doing the personal pronoun thing. So you you must comply, and and so basically we're forced now to join the this new sexual orthodoxy. We need to sign off to it or or you'll have some sort of consequence to it. And and if you think about it, we are as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah on the sexual orthodoxy. When you're when you're basically trying to force your sexual acts on angels, you know, on other people, which is what our culture is starting to do, well then you're Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what happened with uh, a lot. Remember the angels came and visited a lot And everyone was banging on the door outside wanting sexual access to those angels. Lot was going to give him his daughters, not a shining moment for Lot at all. um, But they were forcing, trying to force sexual acts in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's what we're doing here. We're forcing compliance. And so now uh, let's zoom back out and look at what's been going on with our economy. You know, The government is forcing all sorts of economic decisions on, on us. You know we have we have health care uh we're required to pay or or you know Obamacare was requiring us all to to pay for health care we had um education you know public schools we have to pay for uh public schools water even down to your water bills your your retirement and you probably can think of all sorts of lists around this the list just goes on there uh we have all sorts of forced requirements in participating in some sort of federal federal government government economy and this this play has been i think run on us for you know like i said decades or you know centuries really you know we started public schools back in the late 18 or early 1800s and and for the most part christians for the most part us conservatives we we've kind of been happily going along with this we've been happily participating in this kind of economy we haven't pushed back at all we haven't him and hawed at all about this um, situation. Now, I think think there's some movement there. I think people are starting to push back on the economy, public school, public education, Obamacare, so forth. But the, the play just keeps happening on us, and we keep kind of participating in it. And it really is, I think, crippling us as Christians. You know, the government is using this economy to really social engineer things, to set things up to favor the government and to favor... You know, I think, I think we can even start making an argument where the government is even starting to favor kind of um, uh, building policies, building things in such a way where it's specifically favoring Democrats. And so uh, thanks for everyone joining us. Thanks, Scott, for tuning in. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, thanks for everyone joining the chat room. If you guys want to hop over on YouTube, we got more people in the chat room there. Uh, and if you guys have any questions as we're kind of going along, uh, please uh, chime in. And so this is – we got this massive government coercive economy uh, going on uh, where, where you're required. You cannot opt out of a lot of, these, a lot of these kind of economic decisions that are kind of foisted upon you. And, and then look at this last year. You know, we had uh, – our, our Congress, at first it was a Republican Congress, kind of think of COVID as one whole year you know, it kind of overlaps 2020 and 2021. But think of COVID as kind of this this year packaged together be, because of what happened with COVID. It, it, it really is kind of standalone on, on what's going on on itself. Uh, but during this COVID year, this 2020 to 2021 year, uh, you know, we had $5 trillion passed in stimulus packages. So $5 trillion. Two of those packages were passed under a, you know, Republican-led Congress and Senate, two of those packages, uh, I think I think they totaled about $3 trillion uh, under Republican-led Congress and Senate. Uh, and then the Biden administration, not wanting to miss out on all this, wanting to kind of capture, you know, the, the momentum on, on these COVID packages, uh, he, his administration signed a $1.9 trillion package, and not one Republican voted for one of those stimulus packages, not one. Uh, for whatever non-principled reason they had, they uh, did not vote for the se- the third stimulus package under the Biden administration. So um, that means we total have five trillion dollars in this COVID year of stimulus packages coming into our economy. I, I have the last stimulus package um, graph up here and how it's and how our money's been allocated and being spent under the stimulus packages. Obviously, a l- lot of this money's coming from or going directly into your bank account. You're required to do it, uh, and then a lot of the other money is almost, you know, kind of related to some sort of pork spending. You have, you do have some healthcare spending in the midst of this pan, pandemic, right? Um, but a lot of the money is just kind of going to you, uh, and in various ways through, you know, PPP loans, um, uh, unemployment insurance, and then of course direct stimulus checks right into your bank account. And so we're being forced to participate in this in this stimulus, if you want to call it that. We're being forced to participate in all this $5 trillion spending. And, and keep in mind, that's on top of the standard annual budget for the United States federal government. is about $4 trillion. So the federal government last year spent about $4 trillion. And then you add the stimulus packages in this COVID year um, I'm referencing, and that's $5 trillion. And now the Biden administration is talking about basically another 10 to $12 trillion in spending bills pass, pa- trying to pass them this year. uh, this is regardless of what the stimulus just happened in March, they're talking about another 10 to 12 trillion dollars in spending bills. One is the, uh, the infrastructure bill. I think it's about 2 trillion. Another one's a family jobs act. I think that's another 2 trillion. Uh, You have another bill. I think that's a, a around 2 trillion. And then you have the budget. They want to increase the budget, I think to 6 trillion now. So that gets you about that 10 to 12 trillion in this year. Now, the Biden administration is arguing that some of this is, you know, it's kind of ten years of spending. Some of these bills are kind of rolling out over ten years of spending, and that they're going to uh, pay for it with tax increases and so forth. So we we, we really have a, an, a, an economy that is is coercing you and and making you pressure you to make certain decisions. Uh, you know, even even my family. I mean, I send my kids to Christian school here here in, in town. But I have to make serious decisions to do that. Uh, I have enough f- financial freedom to to do that. It's really it's 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 not cheap. Uh, but I still have to pay for the public school um, system, and, and so even in kind of that microcosm uh, of a decision I have to make, I'm still um, it's still very difficult for me to make these economic decisions. It's not it's not easy, and and the government is only creating more and more of these challenges and eventually you know they're, they're trying to take over all of the economy so we got to be thinking christians on this this is this is the point this we're, we're building and stacking up economic change all around us and christians we have not been thinking clearly about this at all for um uh Man, I don't even know. For at least my generation, at least as long as I've been alive for forty years. Now we do have some some good thinking figures like Gary Gary North uh, and some other uh, um, uh, Christian figures that have done a good job thinking through some of these things. Rush Dooney and so forth. But we really have not dedicated ourselves to I think thinking like Christians about the economy, and it's starting to force us to do things that we don't want to do. And it's you know, and it's already forcing pretty egregious. Examples I mean, you remember, Obamacare wanted Sisters of the Poor to pay for contraception. They wanted this non celibate Catholic organization to pay for contraception. those kind of things, and of course, a lot of our federal tax dollars go to Planned Parenthood and so forth. We can think of all the egregious examples and everything so we have this uh, you know um, coercive economy that's putting Christians in in a very difficult situation and so what i what I want to first lay the ground here with is I want to kind of uh, walk through what is the Christian basic understanding of economics, uh, uh, what are some things that we're missing, and then kind of just briefly, really quick, talk about, I think, three areas that I, I think we need to kind of uh, uh, maybe be dedicating our time and energy to kind of hopefully to stop, uh, to break free from some of the government economic chains that the, that the government has put around us. So first, uh, Christians need to understand that, that God's word is what defines good economics, god's Word is the basis for economics and, and it's all um, the the basis for this is god's triune nature that's that's where we ground our economics in is in god's triune nature and of course, when we talk about god's triune nature we're obvi- we're talking about god's law, who He is uh, and how He wants us to live and so uh when when we where we start with in understanding Christian economics, I mean, you 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 know, just we can just go right to the Ten Commandments. You know, thou, "Thou shalt not steal" is a commandment wrapped in economic reality, and and I guess you could say theory if if you wanted to use it. Um, so when when we look at "Thou shalt not steal," well, one of the things that we're uh, that we're assuming, or we have to assume, in that scripture. Is that God gives us private property? God gives us our own possessions. Um, if if it's not my property, if it's not my own possession, no one's stealing it when they take it. And so uh, God's God's grounding economic reality in private possessions in Thou shalt not not steal. And so often I think when we talk about economics, we immediately jump to supply and demand. We immediately jump to you know some of these other uh, you know buzzword economics. Yeah, but we need to start with God's word, and we need to start with thou shalt not steal. And and once you start um, you know, kind of adding up the numbers about thou shalt not steal, you start running all sorts of calculations like, oh, the government is is taking my property taxes to pay for public schools. Oh, the government is taking my money to pay for someone else's health care. Oh, the government – and, and you, you can start defining – the role of the government you can start limiting the role of the government if you if you understand just the basic uh, Christian principles of economics. And the other thing i want I want to bring in here, and I, which I think is really helpful um, is that there is a, um, uh, J jGj asked if i 'm invested in crypto crypto. yes, I have a little bit of crypto in there um, JGJ. Um, but the other thing i want I want to bring into this. Is um, a, a really helpful uh, Henry Hazlitt, a um, uh, Batista kind of started this, um, and Henry Hazlitt I think really kind of made it popular. Uh, is the the whole concept of of broken window theory, the broken window theory, and uh, Christians we have not done a good job having kind of foresight to look down, look down the row, uh, and to see what ramifications. Uh, certain policies might have or what ramifications certain decisions might have you know 20 50 60 100 years down the road now that's i think that's kind of the conservative mantra when it comes to politics that hey we try to consider all the facets of a certain legislation but i I still don't think conservatives do this very well so henry Hazlitt talks about this broken window effect and the broken window effect is um he demonstrates it in kind of a little parable uh you know if um if you have a a guy you know living in his house, he needs to go out and buy a suit uh you know because he either wants to go get a job or he wants to bring more um expert you know look more uh look more like an expert in the in the drawing board room or whatever uh well henry has uh, um let's just call this guy bob economic bob economic bob wants to go buy a suit. And, 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 but the day he goes to leave his house to go buy a suit, someone threw a rock into his window and broke his window. And so now, Henry, Henry uh, economic Bob has two, two decisions. Either he has to replace the window, um, uh, or he only has the money to either replace the window or buy a suit. So he either leaves the hole in the window and goes, bu- goes and buys the suit, or he can't buy the suit and goes and closes the window, fixes the window, and so forth. So, um, what 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 is that demonstrating there? A lot of people think, well, hey, that is still creating a job. The window maker gets to keep his job, but what happens is is the guy, uh, the tailor who's going to make him his business suit, economic Bob his business suit, doesn't get that business. Um, the tailor loses his job, and in the same, uh, you know, so the window guy, everyone's thinking, hey, this is creating economic prosperity. You know, basically, this is the Black Lives Matter theory of economics. Hey, look, we just created hundreds of millions of dollars of economic damage through all these riots, uh, but all these insurance companies are gonna go pay for it. We're gonna rebuild our society, that kind of thing. And, and that Black Lives Matter kind of economics is, is tainting um, our, our decision making process. And so, but what uh, the broken glass theory uh, window theory illustrates is it illustrates that when the government does something and takes your money away, and they say, "Hey, we're going to make sure public schools exist with your taxpayer fund of money. everyone thinks, oh look we we're paying teachers we're you know we have a public school, we have you know a cafeteria, we have all this money being spent and generated, and all these jobs created over here. But the problem is what you what you don't see is that you don't have the freedom to spend your money how you want, and you can't freely spend your money over here creating jobs, you know cake bakers." movie theaters, car, buying a new car, whatever it is, you you're you can now not spend your money over here and create jobs over here. Uh, the government, you know, it's kind of a misnomer that the government it doesn't um, create innovation. The government can only take your money and fund projects. Uh, and, and so there's this whole economic, you know, the broken the the broken windows the government taking all your money and spending it over here and you not being able to be innovative over here you not being able to buy a suit you you not being able to invest your money in, in crypto right you not being able to invest your money in uh you know in a new company or buying a car or whatever it is uh and so we're absolutely hamstrung on on our uh economic policies that the government's created so the the reason why I want to talk about this because next week I'm gonna be talking about with David Bonson about uh, inflation versus stagnation, uh, and and how to be thinking about kind of all the all the stimulus money that we spent this last year. How is it gonna affect our economy moving forward? Biden's policies. How it's gonna affect him? Uh, how is Biden's policies gonna affect our economy moving forward and all that stuff? It should be a great conversation. But I I I want to kind of lay this groundwork a little bit in how we think about economics from a Christian worldview. And then how do we think about the assumptions that are under, um, certain economic decisions that, that, uh, our government makes and how it hurts us. So, uh, I'm going to, um, stop there. I, I really recommend, uh, Henry Hazlitt has a, a, a great book, economics in one lesson. And, uh, I would, um, uh, it's a, Really simple book. I'll, I'll start there with that. But I, I want to end with this. Because I think the last 40 years, Christians have not done a good job building things. We might have done a good job maybe building the evangelical church or, or you know, I, I wouldn't even say, say that. But we haven't done a good job owning and building things. We've let the world start education institutions. We've let the, the world um, start businesses. We've let the world take over media. There's all these areas where Christians just have kind of um, either not taken the lead in or we just become some sort of supportive employee for that organization like Amazon, Google, Facebook, whatever. And, and I think Christians, we need to take a step back and we need to th- start thinking in terms of what are we building? and and because there's nothing wrong going to work for another company uh but what I want to challenge you though if you're doing that you need to think in terms of what are you building for your family what are you building for your generations down the road so um i i'm not i have nothing wrong with a person going to work for another company but i want to talk about um uh how christians should be thinking about building um their own companies uh their own um you know uh, business models their own you know that, that i think this is a far bigger play and we need to be thinking a lot more about this these kind of things so i got three solutions i'm, I'm just kind of thinking through as you can hear me a little bit kind of thinking through it myself um, but i got i got three solutions here that i want to bring uh, kind of lay before you i think first i think we need to find business models that help us get out of this government coerced economy I think it's really important. We need to find business models that help us get out of this government coerced economy. And so you think of, like, even our corporate partners we have here at, at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, uh, well, we have, you know, Samaritan Ministries. That's a really good example of starting a business model that helps Christians kind of free up and get away from government-run health care. You know, Classical Conversations, you know, Logos Online, uh, you know, all, all these uh, uh, You know, parallel organizations that really provide a good service and product, but actually are able to allow us to kind of get away from participating in this government economy. Now, this government coerced economy. Um, Now, of course, my tax dollars are still going to the public schools, but at least I'm not dependent on sending my kids to the public schools. I can put my kids at Logos Online, Classical Conversations, or Logos Brick and Mortar School that I have my kids at here. And so I think this is a really important. Uh, uh, thought process we need to go through is we need to f- find business models and start companies that get us out of this government coerced economy. Secondly, I think, and you guys in the chat box, if you guys want to help me out here and give me some good ideas, that would be that would be great. Some fun feedback here. The stream should be back. Roger, it should be back. And so, secondly, uh, we need. To be I think fierce entrepreneurs kind of related to number one, we need to be fierce entrepreneurs starting our own businesses, creating our own wealth independent of the government, and doing the best we can to build without crutches uh, you know um, uh, there 's all sorts of ways for companies to uh, get you know some sort of crutch either help from the government or, or you know or or being dependent just solely on the government market, you know, trying to sell your goods and services only to government organizations, we we need to do the best we can uh, to build our companies without without crutches, and uh, particularly um, uh, the fierce entrepreneur part, I think, is really important. Like I said earlier, I, I don't think Christians have done a very good job building uh, uh, in the last forty years, and 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 we need to. Really kind of take the reins of what it looks like to build businesses to build godly business Christian cultures to not participate in this gay pride month stuff to be able to and and if you do this if you do this well it has the the downstream effects are amazing uh, you know the the generation of of, uh, wealth that you're creating by starting your own company, being a successful company, being able to pass it down to your kids and so forth. This is really profound. I would really encourage you, you, if you have a successful business, like a tech firm or something like that, be very careful also not to sell it to a venture capital company. Uh, I would, if, if you're building something and, and it's, and it looks like it's going to be successful and it's doing well, uh, be very careful not to let the reins go from that. We don't want all these corporations owning all these different companies. Um, that's that's bad for uh, the Christian econ- economy, and, and I've seen this happen. I've seen it happen where we, we sell – a Christian company sells. They get a venture capital to help them grow, and then that venture capital goes and sells them to a liberal organization, and then all of a sudden they have all this pressure to implement Gay Pride Month. I've seen that happen and And we don't want to give those reins over to that, so I really encourage you not to uh if you can not not sell your business in the venture capital world unless you're getting connected with good venture capitalists and christians and so forth um uh lastly, in all this um this is kind of uh, not so much a solution as much as um uh, how God works in this in this world proverbs 22, 9, uh, 22 verse 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. So we know cancel cultures all around us. And, and we know if a Christian company is successful, it will get flack. It will get pressure from cancel culture and so forth. But you, you let God write that story. You let God take care of that. You be faithful with the with the company, uh, with the building that he's put before you. You be comfortable with what God has put before you in, in your calling and, and let God work out all the details. And if you're if you're a faithful leader and wherever God's placed you, um, well, generally speaking, God will raise you up and put you before kings. Uh don't don't have your goal be, oh, I want to stand before kings. Have your goal to be building a company. Have your goal to be an entrepreneur. Have your goal be kind of inverting our current economy uh, in such a way where it messes with all the coercion that the government's trying to bring down on us. Like Samaritan Ministries, again, another good example. They are creating a business model that is very – it's a threat. It really is. Their model really is a threat to Obamacare where Christians are getting good service. Christians are helping each other burden uh, pay for their health care, and Christians can use any doctor they want and so forth, and, and Samaritan Ministries really is a threat to the current economy. When, um, when you, you guys probably remember Yellow Cab, Yellow Taxi Cab, it's still a thing, I think. Uh, but when Uber came around, well, what happened was all Uber did was invent an app. That's, that's really what they did. If Yellow Cab would have been innovative and created their own app, which I think they later did, if Yellow Cab would have been innovative, it would have been impossible for Uber to come in. But what happened was is that uh, uh, Uber took a legacy industry, took an old industry that had been around for uh, decades, and then they um, used technology to make it better. Uh, so they didn't, they didn't invent a new industry. They didn't really invent a new business. They just built a, an efficient business model on top of a legacy industry. And they killed it. They ki- they absolutely crushed Yellow Cab, and so that's the kind of thought process we need to think far more like Uber, uh, and and let the the legacy dinosaur industry taxi cab business do whatever they want. So let the government, you know, right now we're in the situation where the government's going to kind of do whatever they want. So think more like Uber, and how can you bring innovation into a space that that creates all sorts of room for Christian businesses to thrive. So uh you know that's kind of um I think I think we need to kind of clean out a lot of junk in our trunks regarding uh, how Christians think about economics, how Christians think about policy and how think how Christians think about building their own businesses. Uh, so that's my encouragement to you guys uh make sure you guys uh, cat, uh, stay tuned for next Thursday when we've got Bonson coming on the show we're going to talk about kind of inflation stagnation all this stuff uh, and then of course tune in on Sunday night 7pm uh, for our Sunday special really excited about what we got coming for you guys until next time love God and go fight laugh and feast thank you